Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Super Talk Mississippi and SixPackSpeak.com proudly present This is your Godfather. This is your General. This is our show. This is Super Talk Mississippi. This is our show. Brian Haydad and the Godfather, Stephen Augustinelli, back with you for our annual tradition around LSU Week, the Augustinelli family reunion here on Super Talk Mississippi. Cuz. Yes, sir. This would have been a lot more exciting a week ago. I just want to say that. <laughs> just, uh, we had some uh, official difficulties. Yes. With official, official being the, the operative the word operative that word. we're trying to use in that statement. Yes. Well, it is Mississippi State versus LSU week, which means I am here with all of my cousins. Let's introduce them in case you are not familiar to them. We will start with oldest to, well, we, we already met Stephen. I was going to say the fattest, but he's already here. <laughs> Marty Augustinelli in the Pacific Northwest. Glad you can meet us. I hope you're wearing at least two masks while you do this uh, podcast with us. <laughs> well, you know, I, I do take them off when I'm inside the house, but yes. Don't we get caught doing that. Well, yeah, there's the, <laughs> there's the governor can't see inside my office, so I'm, I'm good to go. You should never trust the government. You never know. <laughs> also with us, former Mississippi State fan. Now he's a little uh, – we don't know where he is right now. John Augustinelli is here. John, are you um, there? Are you enjoying some chicken tenders? Mr. Haydad, I am currently sitting mm-hmm. in my house wearing my national championship shirt. Uh-huh. For What's wrong with that on Saturday? That's my question. That's been perfectly acceptable to wear. You know, when you go into enemy territory, you have to wear camouflage. Oh. <laughs> and it was red day, so I wore blue. Oh, this man, mm. I just don't know. I just don't know. I said, I've already inter- introduced Steven. And of course, we can't do this without the man that everybody wants to hear from. Ladies and gentlemen, the Italian stallion. Who, I, I was told to get the music ready. Chris Augustinelli. <laughs> See, Chris, when you tell me to get the music ready, that's what you get. Get your own music ready. I'm not giving you any kind of introduction, you LSU fan. That, that's not what we agreed to this morning. I have altered the deal. <laughs> what we had planned to do was the Undertaker music. Well, Ed Orgeron's career and, is almost dead, so that would have worked. Well, th- th- that's, sort of what, that's sort of what I was implying. I feel like I'm I have betrayed you. this weekend. I have betrayed you. So, all right, let's get into it here. Mississippi State versus LSU. Let's, let's wind the clock back a year. What a glorious day that was for Brian. Let, let's don't. Brian Adad, <laughs> John Augustinelli, and Stephen Augustinelli. Mississippi State, 623 yards. LSU fans are still seeing crossing routes in their sleep from that game. In, in, in all the time we've been doing these shows, and all the time, you, I mean, Marty, you've been an LSU fan now since, since the, uh, you know, the early 80s when you went to school there. Was that the most surprising result for you in this, in this series? It was surprising that we had an historically bad defense. Yes. With, with a defensive coordinator, I thought at worst would be average. 
Yes. And it's just, it was just amazing. Cause I mean, he was, my understanding is all he was trying to do was run a Tampa two, which is what half the NFL basically runs. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't teach it for some reason. It was just, they were totally clueless. Now, of course, I guess UCLA, they couldn't cover a crossing route either right. this year. So I don't know if it's so it crossed you know, yeah. that's one <laughs> for us here in Starbucks. Chris, the same question for you. I mean, you, you know, you've been a, you went to LSU in what fall of 93 is when you started there. Uh, was this the most surprising game that you can remember? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, especially coming off of 2019's yeah. beautiful season. I mean, that, that it wasn't just surprising. It was embarrassing, humiliating, good, good. watching you three gloat. <laughs> I mean, it, it was nauseating. It's, it's, it's probably the, good. Yeah, I, 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 there's not enough adjectives to describe that game. And, and really our defense all of last season. It, and, you know, when they said everybody was coming back, we're going to be better, it's still a lot of the same players. And so, you know, we'll probably talk about this today, I'm sure. But um, that game was just miserable. John, let, let's go to you because, you know, this, obviously this is the other side of the coin, the pleasant surprise. I, I, I think, you know, if we just look at that one game, Let's not look at the rest of the season because it, it wasn't the same. But for you, just never mind Mississippi State versus LSU, to see Mississippi State pass the football like that, that's something we've never seen in our lifetime. Go back to that game, and, and what were your emotions watching it happen? You know, Brian, I could not dial Marty and Chris's number fast enough during that game. It was busy. I don't know what was It was on. busy. There was no answer. Mine wasn't busy. Was- I answered. I took yeah, my medicine. You, you did. You did. You did take your medicine. But, you know, I had to lump you in with Chris, you know, guilty by association. <laughs> and, Steven, so. of course, you and I have talked many times uh, about this game. You know, going back in time, I've always – I've asked this question a bunch of times. I've actually asked Mike Leach this question. Did it hurt Mike Leach winning that game in the way he did? Because it set an expectation that, okay, this offense works and it's going to work and it's going to be – a a fun ride, and it, it just immediately went off the rails. Yeah, it, it's, it's unrealistic, the word we want to use for – I mean, you won a game, and we dominated LSU in that game, mm-hmm. and then you, you come the next week, and Arkansas just looks like they're, they're just inviting us to pass the ball, and we could not score on them. And it's been the recipe for now 13 games straight, you know, uh, since that LSU game of where – more often than not, the Mike Leach offense has struggled. Yep. And you came out of the LSU game, it's like, oh, my gosh, this is going to work. And it's, it's been, for lack of a better word, disappointing since that game. Yeah, no question about that. Marty, when you look at this year's LSU team, you know, obviously they, they lost the game to UCLA. They bounced back with a couple of wins, but against, you know, not the greatest competition. Not that State is anything to say after losing a group of five game. But – where do you think this LSU team is right this second? Are they closer to being a contender or a pretender? Oh, they're, they're, they're closer to being a pretender right now. I mean, they, they, they can't run the ball very well. Which and is so, weird. Which is really weird. Yeah, I agree with that. There was a little bit of hope last week because they, at least the first two games, they were trying, pretty much all they did was run these inside zone read running plays. And last week they tried to do some things where they ran jet sweeps and off tackle. So they tried to diversify their running game a little bit more. So I'm hoping that, you know, that, that, that's going to help, but their offensive line just isn't very good. And uh, that's going to cause some, that's going to cause problems against good teams. Defensively. I think they're getting a little better. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they had some breakdowns, uh, but they're getting, they're, they're fewer now. 
their defensive line pass rush is fantastic. That's that to me is just but a missing big Andre Anthony now out for the season. Yeah, but Brian, what they're going to do is they're going to move Mason Smith to yeah, end. Saw that. And Mason's that's his natural position. Mason Smith is like like a Reggie White. He's I the mean, next he's, guy. He's the next he's LSU guy. Yeah, he'll be he'll be fantastic. And so he's this is almost like a little bit of a silver lining, even though Andre Anthony was playing pretty well. I think they're they're going to be better on 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 pass rush than maybe it, been so far. He, is he going to be like that tight end that LSU had last year, Eric Gilbert? Yeah, is he going to be the, the next great? <laughs> well, he'll he'll actually stay here. Okay, <laughs> you hope you don't know that. <laughs> I I don't that's true. I, I hope, but I, I don't think he has the same problems Eric Gilbert has. And then offensively, Chris, last week, you know, you saw Deion Smith and Jack Besh. I mean, gosh, Jack Besh. We all remember his dad playing at LSU. Deion Smith is from Jackson, Mississippi, so a lot of connections here. Um, but they they looked a lot more cohesive offensively last week. Do you think they figured something out, or is that just the opponent? Yeah, that we had a lot of conversations about that this week amongst my LSU friends. The, the reality is a lot of those passes that Johnson was throwing, we were going up and, and they got mossed. Use yeah. the expression of Randy Moss. And I don't know if we can actually pull those down against SEC kind of talent. Um, we'll see. I mean, it, it was nice getting some new faces in there. They were kind of looking at Palmer being that second receiver to Butte. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think with, with Deion Smith coming on, he looks like the real deal. Besh was very impressive. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, if, if we can't run the ball – you know, against better competition, everybody's going to be gearing for the pass, and and you know we're going to be in trouble. We can't be one dimensional and win. And you know this is a great place to start because these might be the two worst teams in the SEC West, which is crazy to say. I, I um, asked that but, question today. I did an interview with uh, with Wilson Alexander from the Advocate, and I said, "Is the loser of this game going to finish last?" And he's like, "I mean, I, I need to see what Auburn does, but there's a good chance." Well, I mean, I still think we we're going to talk about other teams when we pick do our picks. But I mean, you look at Arkansas; they beat Texas, yeah, but they struggled against Rice. You just don't know about these other teams. Mm-hmm. I think Ole Miss and Alabama and A and M are clearly head and shoulders above the other uh, four. Mm-hmm. Um, man, and I know Ole Miss didn't play next week, but Ole Miss is is incredible, and I, I just don't see how. So these other four teams can compete with those in AM's defense. We'll talk about that later. They're 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 elite. Um, we don't see that in these other four teams. They don't have anything that any identity, I think, yet. Yeah. Um, maybe Arkansas has a little bit of understand Pittman, but that's about it. This air raid with Mike Leach, I, I don't see that being an identity yet with Mississippi yeah. State. I'm still waiting for it. Uh, I think there were some players why I like oh, I've actually watched Mississippi State probably a little bit more than LSU this year. Um, and You're I, I just saw a ton. Well, I, mean, I still root for State. I mean, <laughs> believe it or not. I know it's hard for y'all to believe, but uh, I saw Will Rogers miss a lot of open passes against yeah. Memphis that would have would have really, you know, blown the game open. Yeah. Um, you, you know, so I'm not as worried about our defense in this game. Uh, but offensively, I don't know if we can run against State's defense. State's defense is solid. And back to what Marty said, um, the offensive line is is been a mess, and we've been having injuries. I think Deculus is coming back, which will help a little bit. But, but the key will be, will Kiner get more touches this week? 
Yeah. He, he looked good in the second half. It was against lesser competition. Uh, uh, Davis Price is not the answer. He's too slow. He doesn't hit the holes hard enough, especially with a, a mediocre offensive line at best. And against tougher talent, he's not going to work. It's it's um, crazy. So, it's crazy to hear LSU talk about having a mediocre offensive line. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I'm you just, with you. You just don't expect it. They're getting too many of those uh, low four stars, Marty. They're not getting enough of those high four stars, five stars. Well, when you when you have well, 15 uh, years of less miles, I mean, yeah. that's what's going to happen, you know. So, actually, Brian, I mean, I think that's why the the old offensive line coach got fired. Basically, I mean, they fired him with cause, but the reality is he lost so many recruiting battles for yeah. you know high four star, five star guys yeah. the last couple of years. And uh, you know they they got rid of him. To be fair to the new offensive line coach, he just got there in July. Yeah, basically. So he, he hasn't. Yeah, and Brad Davis is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was at Arkansas with Sam Pittman. So and he was supposed to be a you know a, a hot shot offensive line coach. Yeah, let's move over to Mississippi Please. State, John. And and you know when they're talking about this and they're talking about they can't run the football, Mississippi State has been really good against the run so far this year. Making this LSU team, if you're telling me they can't run as it is and State can really sort of focus on stopping the pass, there's a glimmer of hope there for Mississippi State. You're, you're right, Brian. Uh, obviously, our secondary was – preseason was supposed to be the strength of our, our, our defense, but I've been, I've been happy with our linebacker play too. Really good, yeah. I think, you know, it's been, it's been pretty good too. I just, I'm just worried it seems like every game – Receivers are getting behind our secondary, and uh, that concerns me. And I have not watched LSU at all, uh, except for highlights and so forth. So I don't know what their deep threats are. But it seems like every year they always have a receiver that go deep. I know the kid from um, Jackson mm-hmm. had a pretty good game this past yeah, week yeah. and had had a had a what twenty five yards a catch average. Yeah, yeah. so far. So obviously they they got deep on 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 their opponent there, but. And they have Keyshawn um, Boutte, of course, who is, you know, we all yes. light up Ole Miss a season ago. So, but, but Stephen, you know, as well as I do, this game comes down to one thing. It, can State move the football? And they haven't been really been able to do so in the first three games. They put up 34, 35 points on La Tech, but, you know, it was the way that that game went 24 points and then 29 points. It's crazy to think that that's actually an eight point per game improvement over where they were a season ago, but, the offense is still leaving a lot of points out there. Do you have any faith in this Mississippi State offense to find something against LSU? No, this is the problem to me with Mississippi State's offense. And uh, the player and ledger uh, beat writer posted a good this job today, is that yeah. he did a good job of breaking down our stats. And I think it was like 29% of our plays or 29% of our passes are behind the line of scrimmage, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. And it's just you the offense, if you have any type of negative play, it's over. At this moment, it's over. You yeah. know, hopefully this changes as the season goes on. But they, we can't recover from it. I've never seen – and I posted this on Six Pack this week. What a great message board that is. <laughs> that Mississippi State – I've never seen a, an offense that passes 80% of the time that is essentially a ball control offense. It yeah. takes us eight minutes to get down the field and score. It, it's like we're running the wishbone. but we're it running is. It, it, it's – because we don't push the ball downfield. We, we don't – you know, he posted today about the, the number of throws that are over 20 yards. We've thrown nine balls in the air over 20 yards over – how many passes is that? We're throwing we're throwing 60 – 180 passes. Yeah. 
We've thrown nine over 20 yards. And I don't think Will Rogers can throw it further. That's the problem. Well, he, he, he showed in the Memphis game he had – I mean, he threw a couple of good deep balls. He, I think he can get the it's, – but it's not even the uh, the 40, 50-yard bombs. It's just working the intermediate stuff. He's just not doing it. You know, he, yeah. the opportunities are certainly there if you watch the, the and, and, look up close. I mean, watching Will Rogers, he has not played that bad. He's not one right now. He's not a quarterback that's going to win the game for us, but mm-hmm. he has obviously not. He's not turning it over. Going. He's correct. He's, he's not yeah. going to lose the game. He's game managing it, sure. But in a Mike Leach offense, almost you got to have a quarterback that can, I think, push the ball downfield or have a receiver that can make a play. And that's the other frustrating thing. We're not putting the to me the ball in the receiver's hands that can make that extra move that maybe can break one, such as Tulu Griffin or Jameer Calvin. And John, it's just go ahead, go ahead. It's frustrating to watch. John, um, I, on Wednesday's podcast, uh, I, I talked to Robbie Falk and I said, oh, if I'm Mike Leach, maybe the first couple of plays, Le- tell the back, hey, you're staying in the block. We're not going to let you go out as a check down and run some vertical stuff. Everybody's going deep, four verts. And, and just to t- put Rodgers in a position where – He's got to throw the ball down the field. He doesn't have a, a, another choice. Does that seem like a sound strategy for you for that Leach should call plays or maybe a little bit more aggressively and sort of take away those options from Rodgers? No, <laughs> because if he if he if that's what Will likes to throw, he's going to force could force an interception. Okay. If he's uncomfortable with those down downfield throws, but. Uh, or intermediate throws, then we need to find someone who can make those throws. I just feel like but it's, I, I it's kind a of agree. training I, wheels call thing kind of thing. You just got to do it. Well, I understand what you're saying, but you, you just say, okay, this is the play. We're going to throw it downfield, and 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 you just throw it out there and make sure no one can intercept you, but make you know th- throw an accurate pass to your your receiver or throw it out of bounds. Let's say it's you know it's a um, um, a deep sideline route. All right. But I'm surprised I, 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 I John didn't say. I'm surprised John didn't say it works for my new favorite team, Ole Miss. Why not? I got you. <laughs> hey, you just said, Chris, Ole Miss and Alabama and A&M are the cream of the crop for the West. So, hey, I mean, on I, offense. I'm not as they're excited to watch. as y'all are. Well, well, I, didn't I, even I, go to the, I haven't watched them play. You didn't go to the game? Hell no. Oh, I thought you went to the game. Okay. No, no. He just said, he just said hotty toddy on a bu- on a bus. No, I ate some <laughs> I ate some chicken nuggets and drank some bourbon. What is was, the, what that's the what is Central Ole Miss experience there. Yes. So, all right. So when we look at this game overall, I, 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 LSU is a, a I think down to a two and a half point favorite. I could see this wow. game going a lot of different directions. I, I don't think State can blow LSU out. I think State could win, but it would have to be close. Whereas I'm not going to be totally shocked if LSU wins by 20 plus points. Marty, I, you you saw my tweet talking about that. I don't know <laughs> if that's my actual prediction, but you you think you'd be surprised if it's a blowout of that magnitude? I mean, 20 points isn't that big a win. You've we've certainly seen bigger in this uh, particular series. Yeah, I'm. I think what I'd be surprised is that Mississippi State only scored seven. Okay, that's the problem I have with your score. That I just I just you can't take- believe that that LSU would hold them for fewer points than they held, say, Central Michigan. or I mean, even McNeese State scored seven, you know, and McNeese State is, is barely a football team. So uh, that's, that's, that's why I don't think the spread will be that high. Here, here's the thing, Marty. I didn't think Mississippi State would only score uh, 29 yeah. against Memphis when Arkansas State scored 50 and had over 600 yards worth of offense. So it's 
the problem with State, though, Stephen, is it's not that that Mississippi State didn't have chances to score. I mean, you look at the red zone offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, State in the red zone cannot punch it in. No. I mean, and, and, and he's leaving points on the board or off the board by not kicking field goals. I mean, I thought that was actually the momentum swing in that Memphis I, game. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. I am much more comfortable. I'm much well, more comfortable with State at the 12 or 13 yard line than I am at State with a three or four yard line. Yeah. The, the way Mississippi State will score is on big plays. That's how LSU is beginning. Yeah, they year. can't get big points. We can't get, yeah. Oh, well, you can't against LSU, just run a crossing route. And, and okay. going further <laughs> off what you just said, Stephen, I'm more comfortable on like fourth and six than fourth and one. Yeah. Well, on fourth and six, they'll run a pass play, maybe it'll work. But on fourth and one, they're going to throw it, and it never works. And, and to me, Leach overthinks it. It's like, yeah, why? 100%. Just run the ball. Run Even the if ball. they know it's coming, whatever you do as far as a running game, I think we can gain to it. We, we got decent running backs in my mind. I think well, they're I think talented, they're, but, man, they're just getting misused. Hey, yeah. Brian, Will they be maybe? available? Will they be as available, know, Brian? As far as I know, Marks is good and Johnson is good. But you know as well as I do that, Le- that Leach plays that real close to the vest. So we'll find out. What were you going to say, hey, Chris? Brian? Yeah. You know, I've seen quality football teams go from a spread offense to a power eye <laughs> at halftime. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do to win. No question. Some deep deep Shout out to Bubba Boo. So, Bubba Boo. Right. Let's get into our predictions for this week in the SEC. Uh, not a great week of action for sure. Uh, some games that we're just going to sort of sort of skip over. I think we'll all take Georgia to beat Vanderbilt unless unless somebody really wants to go out on a limb. Is, is Vanderbilt going to fold, guys? I'm getting concerned. They're, they're, they'll be okay. They, they got money. They got the, Baseball keeps them going. Uh, yeah. Auburn, Georgia State, no, no point in talking about that. Southern Miss, Alabama. I, I'm, Marty, you probably know this. Look, Chris, I don't think you keep up with the lines that much, but you know Southern Miss and Alabama. What do you think the line is on that game? Well, I think I looked it up. Alabama's a 45. Well, I wanted Chris to guess, Marty. Jeez Louise. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Marty, well, M- Marty, Marty is, a, is our resident bear. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. The, the question for me, Brian, is could Southern beat Bama's third string? Probably not. No. Every no probably I don't think so either. Uh, and, and it would be like a 17-point game. I mean, there is just that much uh, – so much thing, but yeah, for, you think about Southern Miss back in the day and what they were, and they're a 46 point underdog to Alabama. So let's look at the games we're actually going to pick here. Uh, Missouri at Boston College, uh, Jerkovic, the coat, the uh, quarterback for Boston College, is injured. I know he's missing at least this game. Missouri has been a little underwhelming thus far. I thought they, I had them as a team that I thought could finish third in the East. I don't know <laughs> about that now. Uh, we'll start with Marty. Who, how do you, who do you like in this one? Well, I mean, the line was at two, and that's with the quarterback out, right? Yeah, that's correct. So, so I, I actually, Boston College is at home, correct? That is correct, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I I'm actually would probably choose Boston College. I know Missouri barely beat Central Michigan. Mm-hmm. They were only up by three in the fourth quarter, and they, they won by 10, I think. Yeah. So uh, I don't think Missouri is really that good. So I'm gonna go, I'll am gonna go with Boston College at home. All right, John, what do you say? I'll probably go with Boston College, too, just simply because they're at home. Oh, man. All right. Chris? Well, I like Connor Basilak. They yeah, say his name, Basilak. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he had a coming out party once again against that awesome LSU defense last year. <laughs> uh, so, so we put him on the map. But, you know, he, he played okay against Kentucky. You know, he, he wasn't bad. I watched a little bit of that game. Um, you're right, Marty. Central Michigan's not very good, as uh, was shown last Saturday. So I'm surprised that score was that close. 
Uh, and I didn't know Boston College's quarterback was out. So thank you for that tidbit, Brian. So even though it's at home, it's not uh, – for Boston College, it's not November. Mm-hmm. It, it is still relatively nice weather. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Missouri and the SEC on that one. I will also go with Missouri. I think the Tigers will get the the job done there. I feel like them losing their starting quarterback just a little too much of a, a hill to climb for Boston College. Stephen, what and do you think? And one of the things, Brian, Boston College has played nothing but cupcakes. Oh, yeah, yeah, they haven't played well. I mean, if you look at their but schedule, anyway. so. Stephen, who you got? I got Missouri, too. I was looking at Boston College schedules. They played Colgate, Massachusetts, Temple. So, yeah, not uh, it's nothing, 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 nothing special. So, I'll, I'll take that's, Missouri. That's murderer's row. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Uh, 2.30 at CBS in Jerry World, Texas A&M and Arkansas. Sam Pittman was a little hot this week, not getting a return game in Fayetteville after they played last year in College Station due to COVID. Uh, Arkansas has been playing great. I think Texas A&M has not been that impressive. John, I'll let you go first. Who do you like in this one? Yes, sir. Yeah. Definitely. I'm going with Arkansas. I want to go. This is kind of my upset special for the week. Yeah. I think uh, Arkansas beat another team from Texas. Who was that? Oh, oh. oh, oh, oh. They're back. I'm just, I'm they're, just, back. they're back. Oh, that's rough. So, anyway, so I'm going to go with Arkansas. Uh, Chris, you live with an Aggie. What do you got to say? I do. The You know, I watched a little bit of A&M this year. Mm-hmm. They're down to their second-string quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mentioned it earlier in the show. A&M's defense is elite, guys. Really good. They've got, they've got two end rushers that are as good as anybody in the SEC. Uh, with, with Leal and, and Tyree Johnson. And, you know, the, the, the quarter, quarterback is going to get better, the second-string quarterback. Calzada, I think is his name. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he looked okay against New Mexico, got a little bit more confidence with him. It's hard to go into a game, you know, when you don't get the reps of that week and the game plan's not around you. And he didn't look good against Colorado. But the defense, the defense is going to keep them in every game they play this year. So if – A&M can, uh, you know, manage the, the offense well and, and use filler. Uh, I think they're going to beat Arkansas. I think Arkansas is probably a little overhyped against Texas, Yeah, the, the Texas win. Okay. Uh, I do like – it's funny, last year, Brian, how we were making fun of Sam Pittman yeah. in the first game of the year. And worked. what a good hire that's been now. It's been good. Um, so, I, so I like Arkansas. I like the direction they're going. I just don't think they'll beat A&M. All right, Stephen. Who do you like? I'll take Arkansas on this one. I just I haven't been impressed with AM. I've watched them a few times, and I know they, their quarterback got hurt, but yeah, there's something about them. Just they're typical AM. Yeah, they, they they are. They should have lost Colorado, no question. Yeah. So I'm with y'all on that. I'm going to take Arkansas as well. That was the one game Robbie and I were different on. Uh, Marty, who do you like in this one? Oh, yeah, I've got with Arkansas. I I, I wow. actually think I actually think AM's a fraud. I don't. I their oh, offense is awful. I mean, they, I watched the Colorado game; it was just painful to watch. Yeah. And I, you know, the defense is hard to tell how good they are. They haven't played anybody. You know, <laughs> Colorado ended up getting. Uh, getting well, neither has Arkansas. Smacked, uh, by by was it Minnesota? Colorado lost by like thirty to them. So yeah, it's a good point. Well, Arkansas hadn't played anybody either. No, you're right. Well, they played Texas. Oh, hey, I see. What you, never mind. I see what you did there. Well, but they they beat they but they beat Texas by a lot. So yeah. I mean that I mean Texas is not has a pulse at least so. Uh, Kentucky, South Carolina, South Carolina having two wins. They, they might be done for the year. I don't know what, what non-conference games they have left, but I mean, I know one of them is Clemson. 
I, I don't see them winning a whole lot. Kentucky has been a little better than I thought they would be, but then they threw up a stinker last week. At least they won their stinker. Uh, let's go with Chris. You start us off. What do you think about this one? Well, you know, I haven't put a lot of thought in this specific game. I watched a little bit of the Kentucky-Missouri game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I listened to Feinbaum a, list, a, a little bit. He's been high on Kentucky. I haven't heard him this week after the stinker you're talking about, Brian. I can't believe how close they get. Was it Chattanooga that they beat? Is it UT Chattanooga, yeah. Yeah, it was UT Golly, that's just terrible. I don't know what to think about Kentucky. I was thinking that Stoops' stock was rising. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, I thought if he was – trending the way he was going this season, if they were really going to be a contender in the East with not knowing how good Florida actually looks like they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they were going to potentially be the That's second the best team. I don't think, Florida, Kentucky. Yeah, I, I don't see them beating Florida now, obviously. But um, but South Carolina's bad. <laughs> I mean, they, they might – if it wasn't for Vanderbilt or Tennessee, for that matter, um, um, that 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 kind of that bottom of the East is just awful. It's really bad. Yeah, no question. Yeah, I, I say Kentucky wins by four touchdowns. Yeah, four touchdowns. Ooh, okay. Gosh, uh, Stephen, who do you like? I'm gonna take Kentucky. It's just I've watched a few games of a few few uh, games of South Carolina, and I've watched Kentucky a couple of times. Kentucky just looks more impressive to me right now. I agree, Marty. Oh, I'll take Kentucky. I mean, South Carolina lost last week to Georgia by almost thirty points. So there's just there's no way, John. Uh, Kentucky too. I mean, they. I, I watched a little bit of them. They 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 look like they're they're going to be fine. Yeah, Kentucky's going to win this game pretty easily, and it does set up that big matchup next week with the Florida Gators, who this week are playing in a game against Tennessee. This used to be the biggest game in college football, not just the SEC, but college football year in and year out. But Tennessee sort of spoiled that party. They have not been good in a long time. They lost to Pitt two weeks ago, who turned around and lost to Western Michigan. Uh, it just feels like it's a long, long way to go for Tennessee. Uh, I'll go first on this one and tell you, it's, it's, oh, well, you know, I think I think they're going to win. I think Florida's got this one. They've got it pretty easy. Uh, they'll run all over Tennessee. Give me the uh, the Gators big here. Steven, what do you got? I got Florida. Hey, Mary, Brian, who are you impersonating there? Oh, well, you know, Dan Mullen. Uh, just, you know, going to go out there. Oh, that was Dan Mullen. Okay. Evaluate I thought Mullen. it was Furrier for a second. I was like, Fur- no, Furrier's a little more country, a little bit more like, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't really do Spurrier, so I, I can't. I can do Mullen. I, I, I'll take Florida to cover on this one. Um, I don't even know what the I'll, line is, but if it's over, it's, I mean, I think what is it? I'm it's sorry, twenty. I won't take Florida 20? to cover. Yeah, but I, I, I'm giving you my picks for the uh, the other thing. Dang it! This is oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I would take them to cover too, though. I mean, twenty points. I, I'll take Florida to win. Yeah, for sure. Marty Gators. Oh yeah, Florida. Florida will win. John. Okay, I'm gonna say this. Oh, no, I'm, yeah. I'm picking. I'm picking Florida to win, but do you think Florida will be flat? No, I think they'll want to come. They'll bounce back. I think they'll bounce back. They're they're gonna think, hey, we played pretty well against Alabama. If we can beat Georgia, we can see Alabama again. But we can't mess uh, up between now and then. That's such a Mullen thing. Oh, we played pretty well. Oh, I know. Against Alabama. against Alabama. Yeah. Yeah, you know. That's actually not a Mullen thing. Mullen didn't play well against Alabama that. Yeah. Well, long. we had a couple of games. Oh, we had a couple of games in that stretch. So, uh, Chris, last one. I assume you're going to go with the Gators. You're muted, Chris. Chris, you're muted. Oh, good. I said, yes, I agree okay. with John Peter as well, though, on the fact that I do think Florida will be flat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know many teams that come out just on all cylinders after playing Alabama. But what a great game that was last week, by the way. Much better uh, than I thought it would be. Man, I mean, Florida showed a lot, lot of heart. 
And I mean, Alabama jumping on them 21 to three. I thought that game was over. And Florida just out, out physical to Alabama. And you don't say that very often. And so they've opened my eyes. And I'm looking forward to that Florida Georgia matchup. Yeah. So what Chris is saying, Florida had one team, one heartbeat. One heartbeat. Yeah. That's a good question. One team, one heartbeat. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That heartbeat <laughs> went flat a year ago in Tiger Stadium. We'll see what happens this weekend at Davis Wade. It's the game we all are waiting to talk about. Mississippi State LSU, 11 a.m. kickoff here in Starkville. Marty Gastinelli, you're the senior member of this group. I will allow you to go first. Oh, geez. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think the only the one play we really need to put in the playbook is the part where State downs the ball in a punt. We just pick it up and run like mad I to want the end zone. To That's an automatic ball, score, right? Take the ball and throw it at the referee's balls. <laughs> <laughs> now, now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think LSU, hopefully LSU finally hired a defensive coordinator. He's not an idiot. He'll rush for and drop seven into a zone. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. I, I think what's really going to happen is the pass rush is going to get to Rodgers and force some interceptions. Yeah, that's what I that's what I think is how it's going to turn out. But like I said, I think MSU will still score some points. They'll be a big play or two or three maybe. And uh, but LSU will score points too. And I think uh, the I think the final score will be something like thirty four twenty one. All right. 34-21 LSU is what Marty says. John, what about you? Well, I kind of disagree with Marty on one thing. You know, Will Rogers has been pretty good with the ball. Yeah. You know, uh, he's, he's protected the ball. But, again, you can do that when you're averaging, what, about four yards a pass? Yeah, that's true. So, so, that being said, there's a reason this game is on at 11 o'clock because it's a stinker. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid and have some hope that State can pull this one out. Oh, here he goes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Mississippi State, 31, LSU, 29. Ooh, same score as the Memphis game. Exactly. That would be some good karma there for sure. Yes, exactly. Chris, I feel confident you will not pick the same team to win. Oh, he's, he's trying to do something. He's trying to get some music here. I can feel it coming. It's not working, Chris. Just say your prediction. That did not go well. That was the Undertaker music. Oh, um, what a shame. Well, anyway, this has been a hard game for me to predict because I don't, I don't think State's offense is any good. I don't think LSU's offense is any good. <laughs> so, I mean, do you go high scoring? Do you go low scoring? I, I don't know. Um, you know – I do think LSU's the better team. I think LSU's got more talent. If we can find a running game with Kiner just a little bit, I think LSU wins this comfortably. If we've been running the ball like we have the first three weeks, it's going to go down to a K-York 55-yard field goal to win it. Okay. So I'm going to go LSU 23, Mississippi State 14. All right. These are all respectable scores. We've come a long way. From the days of Marty just picking 42 to nothing every year. I but, but, hey, most but, here, here, here's the question, though. Well, we haven't really talked about this. If State beats LSU, mm. what happens to Ogeron? Is he gone? I, asked, I, I go back to my interview with Wilson Alexander. I asked that very question. Doesn't he said he didn't think he would be that Monday? It wouldn't be that, that quick. But for all intents and purposes, you're two and two with games left on the schedule with Alabama, AM. Ole Miss, Auburn, Arkansas, and Kentucky. I mean, you're you're not winning, but maybe three of those. So 
So you're talking, you're Did looking you say at that last year when we went Bob and Bob. Well, yeah. And, and, but this time last year, you didn't lose a non-conference game. So that's true. I mean, maybe six and six. I mean, that's not going to be enough to get the job done at LSU. So my guess is if he loses this game in the coming weeks, there will be some fodder to hit the internet about <laughs> more NCAA violations, more title nine violations that Orgeron was directly involved in. So you can avoid uh, the big buyout. That's just fire, my- fire with the calls. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Stephen, let's hear your prediction. Yeah, I'm torn on, on which way to go on this. That's, my, my, my head says take LSU. My heart says go with Mississippi State. So I'll go with my heart on this one. Mm-hmm. And we'll say that State actually will give State a 34 27 win. I like it. On this one. I just, at some point, you got to say Leach's track record is going to prove true. Yeah. So and here's how just, my – go ahead. I go just ahead. hope it's this week. Here's how my predictions have gone this season for Mississippi State. Predicted a blowout win over uh, Louisiana Tech, the close game. Predicted North Carolina State to win, State wins. Predicted a blowout win over Memphis, and they lose. So let's see if we can't keep the tr- traditions going here. I'm going to pick LSU. I don't think State's going to be able to move the football. I think the cure for a good defense is State's offense – or bad defense is State's offense, and I just don't think they'll move the ball much. I'll give them a few more points, though. Uh, Mississippi State loses 31-17 to LSU. That's my final score. So, all right. We will now transition into <laughs> Chris's favorite part of the show that he doesn't get to be a part of. Our interview with that Stephen Augustinelli and I with ESPN and SEC Network host Peter Burns. It is a great tradition for him to come on the show with us this week. We always look forward to it. Let's go now to that interview in the People's segment. But joining us now in the People's segment, as is our tradition every year for Mississippi State LSU from the SEC, the face of the SEC Network, Peter Burns joins us as he always does. So glad to have you with us. You know, you are a guy who's you have a quick, I guess it's better. I guess it's better to be the face than any other body part of the SEC network, right? <laughs> like, I guess that's the, the only other one. one that's good is like the backbone. If you're the backbone, yeah. oh, that's a good point. Yeah, if you're the backbone, like Dari Dari Noka is definitely well, Dari's the only talented one between me and <laughs> like, so the face is probably Alyssa Lang, mm-hmm. the backbone is Dari, and I'm basically just available. I think that's how I think that's the order that it goes in right now. I'm like the appendix. I'm I think I'm kind of needed, but not really. Like you could remove me and be removed at any time. Yeah, I think I'm the appendix appendix of the SEC network. I think it's the best intro. (laughs) For me, I always think you're a very positive guy. You know, your your outlook about life and your outlook about football is is positive. So my question is this how, how excited have you been just I made the comment on the show today. There's a difference between football is back, which is where we were this time a year ago, and football is back, which is where we are now with crowds, with college football looking the way it should. How great are these first yeah. weeks been? Yeah, it's, it's well put. I mean, you go back and looked at, you know, the crowd. I mean, even, you know, what Penn State had against uh, Auburn and, and, you know, the crowd in Fayetteville when Texas came to town. Like, it, it just – it felt like the return to normalcy and it made me also realize how weird 2020 was, right? Like 2020 felt weird watching those games, especially, you know, LSU and Mississippi state right off the bat in the opener. And it was just all conference. Like, and then you go back into even this year and you're like, wow, it's 
it's really weird, <laughs> weird when you look back at it. But yeah, I mean, I think because you know, I mean, we start thinking about guys. How many of these teams? A lot of these players, they didn't play. They haven't played in front of crowds in a year and a half, right? You know, I mean, not even in spring games. So you know, some of these guys, you know, if you if you're a sophomore. This is really some of the first, you know, game, you know, type situations you've been in front of. And I think it's made a difference so far. But it's it just it's nice to see the fans back out there. It's nice to see people fired up. And, and again, it's um, it's it's nice to see how dominant this conference is, because I looked up and down and I was trying to figure it out a couple of days ago. I'm like, I, I'm it's shocking how good state's playing and how good LSU's playing or at least the last week or two that I think this might be a battle for maybe maybe the the wor- like the seventh best team in the West yeah. right now. And that's <laughs> that's crazy to think of. I like the LSU and the state could probably get second and third place in the ACC or the Pac twelve. And yet here they are as maybe the seventh best team in a division in, in a conference. It's nuts. Yeah, what are we going to say on Saturday if North Carolina State, who state handled in Starkville, beats Clemson? Oh, I mean, then, then all well, I can't wait for that. If that, they'll have the ACC network might ban my Twitter account. I think that that, that would exactly happen if that if that rolls out. So, uh, <laughs> Peter, you mentioned crowds, and we'll get to the game in a few minutes. But do you think, like, do you think that the ketchup's out of the bottle, the toothpaste is out of the tube as far as big crowds, attendance for non-big games? Do you think we'll ever get to the fact whether it'll be full? Or is it like even Ole Miss in, in their two games that they've been at home? I know last week was a was a huge monsoon, but the week before Ole Miss, right. Ole, Ole Miss did not have a full crowd. So just kind of curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it was already. I think with television, it had you know over years, it obviously had it just it's people look at it and go, hey man, if the tickets are going to be 150 bucks a piece and I got to go pay for parking and stuff like that, I'd rather just have my boys over and watch the game and have a bunch of cocktails and no line for the bathroom. And, and I think that, you know, they've been battling that for a while. Um, but also I think what happens is, hey, when all of a sudden you've got Louisiana Monroe or, you know, even, even Tulane, right, which, you know, has some notoriety and it's in the southern, you know, southeast blueprint. I think that's why you're seeing these Auburn Penn State games, Texas, Arkansas. You're going to see Alabama. Um, you know, you're going to see Alabama and Texas coming up next year. Like, w- you know, they understand that if you're going to market this, you're going to need to market a good product if you want people to be in the stands. So the you know the idea of a hundred thousand people showing up for a thirty-five point blowout that that ain't going to happen in today's world. And I think that that's one of the things that will never rebound fully from, from the pandemic. If you got a good game, people are going to be there. If not, no. I mean, the, the, it's too easy to just say, I'll just watch it at home now. Looking ahead to this, this weekend and this game here in Starkville Saturday, you got two one-dimensional offenses, but Mississippi State is one-dimensional, I feel, by choice. There's not going to run the football. An LSU team that can't run the football is like a gumbo without rice. It doesn't make any sense to me. Why is this LSU team so poor up front, and why have they struggled so much in the running game? Well, it's a, it's a two-fold thing, right? Like, So Dare Rosenthal decided that he was going to transfer when he was ruled ineligible by LSU. Um, and that's part – I think LSU, if I'm not mistaken, has got like the strictest marijuana <laughs> laws out of any of, the, any of the schools as far as 
you know, what the university says, which is hilarious because they actually like study medicinal marijuana on, on LSU's campus, which is hilarious to me. Um, but, you know, Dare Rosenthal was going to play, so he ends up transferring out to Kentucky. So that hurt him. Then you start looking at the situation of, you know, um, what Cam Wire being banged up, Austin Decula. So it's injuries and then guys just struggling at that point. So it's kind of like all three things because you're right, guys. I mean, you know, uh, this is a team that wants to run the ball. I mean, you go back and look at it from years, that's all LSU has done. And then now they're one dimensional because they can't, they can't do anything else. And that's just nuts to me. I, I think they do a little bit better because uh, Cam Wire is going to be back this week. But then again, John Emery is, is not eligible. And, you know, you're going to not probably have still Trey Bradford, who had transferred out to Oklahoma, now transferred back to LSU. He hasn't been ruled eligible yet, which I assume he will be sooner or later. So I still think it's going to be a, hey, we're going to have 100 pass attempts in this game, and I'm not quite sure how you know how many are going to get completed uh, at this point. And, and in that situation, then, a pass-happy game, it would make you think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but these haven't been the most efficient offenses. Do you think this is a game with a lot of points, or is it just going to be a, a sloppy, inefficient game? It's going to be like seventh grade Peter Burns at like a dance, like just super awkward. Like I just, I feel like it's going to be one of never these. Never felt like, a bigger kinship with you, Peter. Yeah. Like right at this moment. Right. Like it's, it's going to be like a weird score, like 26, 19. And I don't even know how we get to that number, but like, that's what it just feels like. Right. Because just weird things happen. You go back to last year. I mean, Listen, and, and the thing that scares me as an LSU fan is I'm thinking, listen, I'm, I'm not quite sure if Derek Stingley is going to play in this game, right? Got a little bit banged up in practice from what I understand. And, you know, they're trying literally to determine it. Before I went on this podcast, they're trying to determine on whether or not he's going to be able to play or not. So it is a truly kind of questionable situation. They, um, and so if that's the case, and I've seen LSU struggle in a bunch of different, you know, pass defense. And I mean, they they just have busted coverages at least five or six times a game. What happens when you're going against somebody that throws it 60 times a game? You know, I mean, you're going to, you know, it's only going to make it even worse. So, um, you know, I'm curious about how much they have to mix in some zone. I think they do, they do, they, they, learned their lesson from last year trying to play man. Um, and that just wasn't, wasn't feasible. So um, I, again, I think it's kind of just awkward game um, that, that honestly I'd be lying to tell you if I felt like I had a gut feeling of which way this game can go. Cause I think that's how I feel about every LSU game. I mean, hell I was worried about central Michigan last week, guys, and they came out there and beat the ever living hell out of them. If you would have told me going into Mike Leach's first season that offense would have been the one question mark for Mississippi State in his tenure so far, I would have called you an idiot, and I would have said that the defense <laughs> would have been would have been the side of the ball where where we where we would have struggled. But so far, 14, 15 games into Mike Leach's tenure, it's been Zach Arnett's defense that has been stellar, has been the one carrying the team. I think to most fans that are that are watching State. But offensively, it's it's been a struggle so far. What can you what do you think? What can you attribute to Mississippi State's struggles in the first thirteen or fifteen games for the Mike Lee Jarrett? 
Well, two things. One, it didn't really have recruiting last year, right? I mean, with 2020 and COVID, you didn't have an opportunity like he had in Lubbock in year two and, and he had up in, uh, in Pullman at Washington State in year two to have his normal routine, you know, recruiting pipeline to his quote-unquote system. So I feel like he's a year behind on that. And then also, I mean, I, I think now there's been so much film on what he's done at Tech and what he's done over at Washington State now you combine that with really athletic teams here in the South Southeast conference and you sit there going, all right, well, you know, where your, your window of opportunity to throw some of these passes might've been, you know, 0.9 seconds in this league, it's 0.7 seconds. And I know that sounds stupid, but that that's the difference in, in the, such a quick passing kind of, you know, dink and dunk program or, or dink and dunk offense that he has. I mean, you know, that's why you're seeing a high percentage, but so many short length passes right now. So um, to me, I'm, I'm not worried about it because I still think that, you know, he's in kind of a year one situation because of recruiting. But sooner or later, someone's going to look up the numbers that Will Rogers puts up and, and, and look at it and be like, oh, I want to put up those numbers. Right. It's just a matter of it just hasn't had it, it. They haven't found those wide receivers yet that they had at Tech. Uh, and over at Washington State, but I, I have no worry that they will. And now you need to keep Arnett there as long as possible because he's kind of the glue that's holding this thing together right now until the cavalry comes. You, you mentioned Will Rogers and, uh, and, and the stats he has put up to me. I mean, he, he, he has played well this year. Just the, the one thing that he has un, been unable to do is, is to me is, is to connect on a, on a deep ball consistently. And that, that's where I think State's offense is struggling. Do you think they can get that deep ball versus LSU now with Stingley out, or do you see, see it still being a struggle? I, I think it's going to be a struggle. And the reason why I say that is, is A, you know, I, I think LSU has the luxury. They've got one of the better pass rushes that are natural pass rush, right? Like not, hey, they got to go blitz everybody like Todd Grantham does. It, it is more of a, hey, they can get a good push up front um, you know, when they're only rushing four. So that allows them to drop back more guys in coverage. And I think that's the reason why. I think everybody is so deathly afraid. Like the almost the worst thing that could have happened to State over the last year and a half was beating LSU the way they yeah. did <laughs> right off the that. bat. We've said that because, a million times, yes. Yeah, because right off the bat, everybody's like, whoa, 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 whoa. All right, we're just going to drop works. like, yeah, we're going to drop eight in coverage. And that's fine if you're going to run six-yard routes. We're going to give you that. And sooner or later, hope that, you know, hey, a tip ball goes here or, you know, you're off, you know, we force a punt. But, I mean, I, I think that's kind of where, you know, where Will is being smart, not trying to force it. Because if, you, if you're smart and you just take what the offense is giving you, you're going to have success. You just kind of make sure that, you know, you don't have bonehead special team plays and, got to make sure that you know officiating is uh not uh, hurting your cause <laughs> you know <laughs> but um again i i you know I, I know that was a tough week last week but i mean everything that i kind of thought i'd see out of state and arnett and and, and rogers so far has kind of lived up to what i thought it was going to be which is a pretty damn good football team now, i'm gonna make a comment here and i'll let brian ask a question after this but i just never seen this is the thing that's frustrating to me for state's offense is that it is a it is a pass first offense. 80, 80, 75, 80 percent of our plays are pass or passes, and it takes eight minutes to score. Now that just it's, it's just completely goes against for a team that is predominantly passing that it takes that long to go down the field. Well, and, not- and again, it's everybody everybody's playing like an eight eight yeah. 
you know, they're, they're dropping back and they're just like, all right, we'll give you four yards at a time. You're going to take four. And by the time Rodgers or any quarterback for that matter, right? Like, you know, if for any quarterback, if you're looking there in a 10 yard route or a 15 yard route or, a, you know, an absolute just go route is not there, you're, you're taught to check down. Right. And that's that's kind of he's doing his job at that point. So, yeah, while it's frustrating, I mean, the passing attack and the way he does it is more kind of a rushing attack, really, which is just, through, you know, it's a rushing attack through the air is how they're playing it right now. And now you just kind of hope that you get eventually playmakers who can take that and, and take it to the house as opposed to, you know, four yards in a cloud of dust through the air. I've asked this question of a couple of people this week and they have sort of given me the same answer. So I want yours. What happens at LSU to Ed Orgeron if they lose this game? Whew, it does not get easy uh, for him. I mean, obviously the natives are already restless, but I mean, listen, that's at LSU, right? When, you know, once you once you taste the nectar of a national championship, um, after two years, people are going to be like on on you no matter what. But um, it, it it won't be pretty, and uh, you know, and and then the problem is is then you're going to go into a situation where you have an Auburn team that you know, it's fairly physical. And then of course you got LSU, you still have, or you got Alabama, you got Florida, you got A&M, Arkansas is pretty damn good. Like there's a chance. I mean, if, Ole Miss. you know, there's a chance. Yeah. I mean, oh, oh, my God, I forgot Ole Miss, right? Like we never know. forget Ole Miss. Yeah, I know. Um, it's, you know, you look at this and go, all right, well, if, if you go eight and four this year with the murderers road, that is the SEC West, it's really not that bad considering you're breaking in a brand new offensive coordinator and a brand new defensive coordinator co- coordinator. However, the o- opportunities to go seven and five are, you know, even six and six are legit. And this is one of those games. Like if they're able to go in there in Starkville and get the revenge of last year and not only beat them, but beat them by double digits, all of a sudden you're like, all right, we're building some momentum, but if it's a loss or if it looks sloppy, you know, buddy, it's just going to be more chaos the way it always is in, in Baton Rouge. Should be a hell of a game here Saturday uh, down here in Starkville for Mississippi State Brazil. I guess that's just about – wait a minute. One, one, one last thing. Don't even – do not even – don't. Do you have I know what you're doing. Anything to say about Chris. Chris. You – you're going to have to beep this out because I'm going to tell you he's an – you know, I'm not going to do it because I, I, I now that I have two kids under yeah. age of four and I have a mortgage and, and I can't afford to lose this job, I will make sure that I will not say what I wanted to say about Chris in this podcast. But you know what I'm thinking. I do. In fact, everybody, everybody listening to this podcast knows exactly what I'm thinking when it comes to Chris. It's, it's just the way that it is. We appreciate it, Peter. Always <laughs> glad to have you join us here in the People segment. That's going to wrap us up for This Is Our Show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Mississippi State LSU back on a Sunday afternoon with a regular old thunder and lightning. Peter, thanks again. Steven, always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thanks, bud. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.